And now, a word from our sponsors. Need a catch-up session on what you missed last week? Now you're listening to ArchD Radio, the podcast mix. Michaela, joining you here this evening. Hello, I hope you're having a wonderful night. I certainly am because I'm sitting down here today for the next hour with the wonderful, the lovely Dan Ryan. How are you doing, Dan? Uh, good, thanks. Thanks for asking. <laughs> you seem immediately overwhelmed by that introduction. I it was good. No, it's very enthusiastic. <laughs> I just love that promo video. That was sweet. Well, oh, the, the music's the good. The music, it's good. I love the intro. We always, we, we have conversations, James and I, about like, is it outdated? Do we need to update? No, no. no. It's just, it's good, isn't it? It's, it's a, a good vibe, right? Yeah. Uh, it's exciting to have you in, Dan. We we actually, we said just before, like, oh, should we do this? But it feels like we already have been because just spent half an hour just catching up. Catching up, up on old times. On old times. So a um, little bit of backstory. Uh, we obviously crossed paths in a very interesting way. You were a teacher at my school when I was a student there. Fun fact, yes. Yeah, Sacred Heart uh, represent. Are we, allowed Heart represent. represent. are we allowed to say? Names. Absolutely, okay, cool. we yep. are. So, so I, we just worked out you finished in 2019, <laughs> yes. which was my last year there. So once you left, I was done. No, truly, no reason to be there <laughs> That's anymore. Right. I was gone. Um, yeah, so it's, it's a lovely, uh, a lovely little reconnection. But yes, we can rep uh, Sacred Heart. I do sometimes get comments that I rep it too much. Sure, uh, we get bleed a blue. Lot, bleed blue. <laughs> No, some a lot of people take that bleed blue stuff really seriously. I have yeah. a couple of friends who have bleed blue tattoos. Oh, next level blue heart cool. tattoos. <laughs> it really runs deep. Uh, but yes, no, good, good to represent and good to have you on. Um, but today, Dan, on the show, is this your, actually is this your first ever ArchD show? I think so. It might be your first time, which is crazy because you've been around in in the same space for you know. A good amount of time. Ancient Try not times, to make yeah. you sound old. I was on. Li- I was on like back in the day. Life FM did yes. a few things, which I, I don't know. A mate of mine was a one of the um, the dudes <laughs> doing the stuff. One of the dudes doing the yeah, stuff. Yeah, so he got me into. Gotta I had to talk about dudes. like my Bucks Day. He got me into talk about my Bucks oh. Day. So yeah, it was like this full like seven part series <laughs> was full on, but nothing for HD. That sounds Arch-D. like a good story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Arch D though this is a de- debut time. Well, yeah. Today is going to be all about you because we were just explaining before uh, the Arch D show now is all youth ministry based, which was sort of going do this like this feel like something you can connect to and you're like oh yeah kind of this and this and this and this and this okay you're set you're good (laughs) you're gonna be uh all over this so we're gonna be chatting about um heaps of heaps of stuff today and we're gonna start coming up just next about your faith journey and specifically where it began Mm. we're talking conception stories here yeah (laughs) and now Michaela and Dan joining you here this evening. And Dan, like I was saying before, it is all about you today. Can you feel can you feel the spotlight raining down on you? Yeah, I'm sweating. It's, glory. <laughs> it's a bit sticky. Um, no, first question for you tonight. We're sort of we're starting at the beginning, right? The literal very beginning, as far back as it goes. How did your faith journey begin? And I like to sort of explain this to people as like if your faith journey so far was like a library. What would be like that very first book on the shelf in terms of experiences with your faith journey? I like the analogy of the book. Thank you. The The parents would have been reading the books to me those first few years. So, you know, yeah. it was very much handed down. We're thinking picture books. Aren't yeah, we? yeah. Hungry Caterpillar, that sort of vibe. Yeah. Um, yeah, the parents, you know, did an amazing job raising me in the faith, me and my brothers. I was the youngest of three boys and, you know, mass every week. All, like Easter was a big deal. And so it was just, it was a part of our family culture. Yeah. Um, so, you know, those books in those first 10 to 12 years was all just, 
you know, kitty picture books. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, the teenage years hit and that's when we sort of resist and have to own it ourselves and totally make it ours. So, yeah, I, you know, I was lucky enough to be in the youth group that my brothers were in. They were heaps older than me. They were like mm-hmm. five and seven years older. So I just sort of inherited this space in the youth group that they were a part of. Yep, yep. And, you know, I was sort of like when they were joining, I was like, couldn't wait to get in there, like, and just um, be a part of this thing that I was seeing, you know, in the backyard of my house for yeah. years. And, um, yeah, so, you know, 12, 13, I was just itching to get into this youth group and then, um, yeah, it sort of became real for me, 15, 16, started to own it a bit more. And it's, you know, it's a lifelong quest, isn't it? Like our faith journey. So the yeah. library of books, you know, I keep adding new ones and keep revising the old books. But yeah. I think for me, yeah, those late teenage years, early 20s was where it sort of became that moment of choice by me yeah. and wanting to be something that I wanted to do, not just my family dragged me along to. Didn't drag me, but like it was, you know, it was something <laughs> well, that we you did. Know, you go places with your parents because you're a kid. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You don't really have a choice That's in those right. early days. They dragged me. They were, and they were like coolishly, like really involved in ministry. Like I loved yeah. how my mum and dad just, it wasn't just mass on the weekend. They were involved. Like there was programs that they did, you know, they were involved in marriage encounter groups. They ran youth groups. Like it was like mission was a part of our yeah. household. And I just love seeing how they were involved in that way. So it yeah. made it really impacting for me. So then when, yeah, I started making the choices for myself, I knew that it meant more than just rocking up at mass and just, you know, like being fed. We had to go out and do something with all this stuff that we're learning and doing. So, yeah, I reckon, yeah, teenage years. And then when I met my wife, Kiara, like we, you know, had an amazing journey as, you know, a dating couple for a few years and that was heaps forming for me. Um, so, yeah, a lot of new books got put in the library at that point. (laughs) Um, And it's just been constant ever since, like, you know, refining, adjusting, you know, deepening the faith, you know, wanting to resist it and challenging it and then keep coming back. So it's been, yeah, a lifelong quest of adding to the library and it's, yeah, it's, you know, a core part of who I am and it's, it's always been there. And I just love that, um, through my life and through this library of books I've got, I can look back and just see all these amazing experiences of, you know, leading groups, but also participating and just being fed but uh, trying to help other people along the way as well yeah i love that i love i love that like um once 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 that like um that faith journey sort of kicks off and the ball starts rolling it never really stops Mm. hey like like it's sort of like definitely i I love that you said like you know once you hit your teenage years that resistance starts to happen Mm. and hey that's natural we all see it you know teenagers are going to push back a little bit um but that doesn't mean books are not getting put on the shelf it's Mm. just an interesting story that's sort of going into it but i want to go back to like um like this almost like experience you're describing of like inheriting like you know faith not just from like your parents and the community you grew up with but from older siblings as Mm -hmm. well and you were saying really excited to like step into this youth group and like oh like you've obviously assumably seen it happening and just like can't wait to age Mm. into it do you remember the very first time you actually got to go in and be a part of that youth group yeah yeah because they had these outreach weekends and because my parents were like the support for a while when we started like I was always sort of there around but I just got kicked out when they did all their stuff so I'd like got really good at climbing trees and looking through the window and (laughs) all that sort of stuff cut to the wall yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. um but yeah I can remember coming along my brother the next one up Ben he was the sort of the music minister of the group like he was the one the the resident guitarist and I remember him saying as I came in he's like well I'm leaving next year you have to learn all these songs on guitar I was like I don't even play guitar he's like you gotta learn (laughs) so I was like okay I'm learning guitar now sweet um because we were in a band together already I was playing drums but um yeah he just basically said yep here you are this is your place place now wow um here's a book 
he made a, a folder for me. I, you know, I was quite touched. I had my yeah. own little folder with all the songs I need to learn. But I was like, <laughs> I don't even know how these written on the front. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, like, I don't even know how these songs go. What are yeah. these called? Um, yeah. So I had to sort of come in knowing I had had a role already, which I mm. think was cool for me. Like, yeah. I wasn't just. It meant like I had to sort of take it seriously, but yeah. you know, be responsible. Um, and I had an amazing time. Like going to that youth group. Like I loved it. it was um, really forming. Like the guys that I joined with. Like it was huge for our faith for our connection with each other, like through those turbulent teenage years where yeah. all we want to do is just resist and push totally. back on things. Yeah, to have that community was really important for me. Oh, I love that. We're going to be – I love – ministry really seems like such an important part. Like faith and ministry are so often so amazingly intertwined in so many ways, which definitely sounds the case for you, which is perfect. Because don't go anywhere. After this, we're going to be chatting about your youth ministry experience and, again, sort of those like early moments of realisation, talking about like you're taking those steps out into like young adulthood going, okay, i got to make some decisions here. We're going to be talking about that in just a bit. <laughs> hey, this is Emma. Hi, I'm Zach. Hey, everybody, this is Matt Marr. That's Tom. That's Riley. And now, this is Arch D. Arch D Radio 1079. <laughs> Live. <laughs> Michaela Howard Jones and Dan Ryan joining you here this Ew. evening talking about all the books in the library <laughs> of your library of your life uh, and all of the, uh, you know, Im- important chapters. Oh, I'm coming through with the metaphors it's today. Good. Maybe it's a little good. too heavy. Maybe I, need, <laughs> I might need to calm down with the book metaphor. Um, but next thing I want to be talking about, which we've already touched on a little because it sounds like it's such an important part of sort of your journey together, um, is when did you realise that youth ministry would become such a huge part of your life? Because I think for a lot of people, especially young people who get involved at a young age, it becomes like this thing that you're just doing, you Mm. know, especially when your family is really involved, which sounds the case for you. It's like it's natural, but there's surely got to be a moment where you go, hang on a minute. This is more than just something I'm participating in. This is going to this. This should be something I should do. Mm. This should be something I should actually partake in. Like, was there a moment in in, um, your life where that realization happened or you had to make that choice? I guess it wasn't a choice, but like you said, it just sort of happened from yeah. what I was already doing. Like, yeah, so this youth group I was in and as well as high school, I just seemed to be in this place where I had to walk alongside people and yeah. help them out with stuff. And whether it was musical or faith or just life, like I was constantly in these situations where people would either be coming for me for help or I'd be in situations where I was offering help and it just became so integrated with yeah. what I was doing, you know, and I it became so like such an important part of my life, you know, through high school. I remember not really caring so much about my grades yeah. <laughs> and the subjects, but I was really involved in those relationships and connections and wanting mm. to help people out. Um, and I remember, you know, I, I sort of took the role of leading the group this youth group I was in for a year and I just remember taking it so seriously and just wanted to do such a good job and felt yeah. accountable to people and and then coming out of that, it just there was the next thing. Okay, now I've got to help these people. Oh, there's this next thing. There's a group of people that needs a hand. So it just, yeah, it just became really integrated into my life. Um, yeah. Yeah, because after leaving the, the, well, the youth group, you sort of get to an age where you're like, okay, I've, that's done its time. I've, it's I'm run its course. Out. Yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> time to tap out. Yeah. Um, and then it just amazingly, like, God, it works in mysterious ways. Like, a, an opportunity came up to live in a house, like a youth group house, where, wow. you know, the, the, do you remember the net teams? The yes, net, yes, yes, the, yes. The net teams went through our parish for like four or five years in a row. But this next year, there was going to be no net team coming. So they had yeah. this house that they used. And they're like, we're just calling on some locals to live in this house and basically run the groups that the net teams were doing. 
And so, yeah, me and a couple of the mates were like, yeah, sure, sounds good. <laughs> um, and it was, you know, it was an amazing couple of years. I did the two and a half years just living wow. in that house, just sort of, yeah, a bit of music ministry, youth work stuff, um, some charitable work for the church. It was, yeah, yeah, that was sort of like that next thing and then, you know, and then that next thing and just all these things totally. lining up. Yeah, all of these amazing stepping stones. I'm really curious as well because something we haven't touched on yet, which I'm assuming we're going to get there, um, is that you, you know, in your day job yeah. <laughs> outside of all of this extracurricular youth ministry stuff um, is a, a music teacher. Yeah. So it sounds like music has always been a part of um, like faith journey and ministry and just like life as well and passion. How do you think that like your connection to music um, – like maybe helps you like is it is it interconnected with your faith journey and your work with ministry absolutely yeah i've always taken that you know make a joyful noise to the lord doesn't have to be good but we just have to be (laughs) joyful in the noise that we're making and like music's such a vehicle for me like i just find it's a way to connect with people of all ages um even with my own children now and like yeah having that avenue to sort of explore music together and then you know whether it's praise and worship or leading music at church um, for masses or praise and worship nights like it just became this um, outlet for me but then another way to connect with other people and like yeah and could being a teacher like I I enjoy helping people improve musically mm. um, so yeah you know I just found it just went hand in hand with all the things I was doing you know whether yeah. I was doing a, a year 12 retreat or running a weekend or even a youth group session like there was music was always involved yeah and um in my circle at least like with my mates like I was the only muso so I was just sort of like the the go-to guy to uh, just you know yeah, yeah, um, yeah. to do the music stuff because they are all sportos they just want to play sport all day yeah yeah um, but you know I like sport sport but I <laughs> music was the thing that I did as well and yeah. it just yeah I really liked that it was a I always thought that you know we're all on a journey to heaven yeah and we're just trying to get there and music was the way the vehicle for me I would allow myself to sort of that space where I could drive this car of allowing people to jump on and let's all just head in the same direction and music became that way to do that oh I love that and I love your comment of like (laughs) we will make music it doesn't have to be good yeah yeah (laughs) Which is a huge relief of me. It's funny, <laughs> funny that you say you were the only muso in your group. I was the only one in my friendship group uh, growing up who wasn't a muso. Uh, yeah. I was the gr- I was the resident groupie. You were ringing. Yeah. <laughs> I was because uh, I was never really musically talented in the way that all of my friends were. So that's a huge relief to hear yeah. that. But like it, music is a thing, even if you're not personally good at it in making music, it's like who doesn't love it in mm. some capacity or another? Everyone can relate to it. So you know what a cool connection to be able to build and have with people. Yeah. And giving access points. Like, as music doesn't have to be this like unattainable thing just for brilliant, you know, professionals. Like, as with my own kids, like they're five and up, like, we're just, can you play one note or one chord or hit one drum? Like, (laughs) you make that one note count. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Love that. I love that. Uh, We're going to be chatting a little bit more about some of your highlights in youth ministry so far because lots more to go, I am so sure. And now. Taylor and Dan sitting down, having some uh, lots of meta- metaphors coming mm. coming this coming your way tonight. Getting real deep, getting, getting real philosophical. Um, no, we're talking talking about youth ministry and your journey through youth ministry and and how that sort of affects all of the different um, areas of your life. But what I want to know now is, um, so far, so far, because like I said, lots more to come, I'm sure. But what has been the biggest highlight in your experience of like ministering to young people? Like, is there is there one like experience or moment that like just immediately jumps out to you in interaction with young people where you go, that was like where I was super proud or super taken aback or like, you know, just treasure really closely? 
It's going to be tough, but mm. I'll try. I'll try my best. <laughs> I mean, the ones that instantly jumped to mind was I led a few groups to World Youth Days. Um, yeah. So there was the one in Sydney where we led a group. So Kiara and I, um, we led a group of maybe 15 to 18 guys from our parish over to World Youth Day in Sydney. And one of the guys, James Thompson, who got ordained a priest oh, weeks ago. Love that. Um, yeah. So he Shout was, out. He Congrats. Was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was just a really cool crew. And I know that experience was really forming for a lot of the guys that came along. Mm. And like James, like, you know, he sort of started just getting back in involved in church life and then you know now he's yeah. a priest like I just think it was a really cool um, moment and then a few years later we led another group to Spain uh, oh, when wow. when World Youth Day was in Madrid and we sort of went like most of the other experiences we did World Youth Day wise were part of the diocese but this Madrid one we sort of not went rogue but we were already traveling so yeah. we were like who else is out there that can't join in with the group join in with us and yeah. we we ended up putting a shout out to anyone that was going to be in Spain any Australians and yeah we had a cool group it was a bit smaller maybe about 12 um, but yeah, another group of people that we just managed to coexist in that space wow. for that week while World Youth Day was on. It was just really cool. Um, yeah, faith forming for them, for me. Like, yeah, so there are two moments that jump yeah, out. I love that. I love that you said, like, that's such a cool, like, moment then as well. Like, you're ministering to young people and you sort of said, um, oh, was it Tom, was it? James. James, sorry. Thompson. Yeah. Yes. James Thompson. There yeah. you go. I was sort of 40% right. Um, <laughs> Uh, James is sort of like he's coming into like his his faith journey. He's reconnecting, you know. And then now we look back, you know, years later and and see where he is now mm. being ordained, you know. Like when you're in youth ministry and you're ministering to young people and you have those moments um, where, you know, you're helping them reconnect with faith or maybe they're leaning on you or asking questions. In that moment as the person doing the ministering, do you like see that happening or does it like truly still surprise you when you go, oh, look at look at how far you've come and I didn't even realise all those mm. years ago I was there for that moment that could have been the thing that set you rolling on that direction. Like is it conscious or does it still surprise you when you see it happening? Yeah, I guess it depends on the situation. There'd be times where you're like in that moment, you're like this is a really um, transitional moment for you or this is a forming experience where – I think you're never going to be the same again. Yeah. And that's what's really cool of, you know, youth ministry. You can just see those changes happening. But other times, you, you know, you're working with some people and you're like, oh, I just don't think you get it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't think you're ever going to get out of this cloud that you're in. But then years later, you're like, oh, man, you figured it out. Yeah, cool. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that it's like a <laughs> this, this, I don't think you're going to get it. You're going to get in that cloud. It's like as a youth minister as well, I mean, we talk a lot on this show about how youth ministry, a lot of people see it on the outside. of like, oh, you get to work with young people and run games and travel and do all this fun stuff but it's hard work you yeah. know like it is it is hard and like you know it can be exhausting work working you know with young people but all for the good and anyone who does it does it because they love it mm. um but what a, a like a cool moment there as well when you see someone like maybe you're struggling to make that connection or they're leaning away to see them years later and go good someone else was able to down the road make that connection yep. as well because that could just sometimes that just happens and not every moment is going to be perfect but you know Someone else gets to be a book on their shelf That's in their right. library. There well, you go. It's, it's a teamwork effort. It effort. is. Like it's, it takes a village to raise a child. Like totally. all of us just – and that's why I love the role. Like I might just have this small little piece, yeah. you know, this little pamphlet of a book. It's not yeah. even a full like novel or anything. It's a flyer that goes on the fridge. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> even the bookmark that goes yeah, inside the book. totally. I'm, I'm just this little flash of a moment, yeah. like one chat, one experience, and that could just make the slightest little shift in that yeah, person. Yeah, yeah. And that's why we do it, I think. Yeah, totally. I love that. Uh, we're going to be uh, talking just after this about the gospel verse of the week coming up. So stick around if you want to hear that one. Hey, this is Emma. Hi, I'm Zach. Hey, everybody. This is Matt Marr. That's Tom. That's Riley. And now this is Archie. Archie Radio 107. 7-9 Live. 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 
Kayla and Dan joining you here this evening talking about right now the gospel verse of the week, which this week comes from John 3, 16 through 18. And I was explaining to you just earlier, Dan, that uh, what we like to do instead of just doing what everyone else does and reading you the gospel verse of the week, because if you're listening, it can be so easy to find or your probs already know it. Um, so what we actually have for you is a little bit of a question to just prompt some thought and some thinking and hopefully some stories. And for everyone listening at home right now, um, maybe this will, will prompt some thinking for you as well. So um, the question I have for you based off the uh, gospel verse for this week is, when has there been a time in your life where you have chosen to make a sacrifice for something you love in order to see it succeed? Heavy. Like it. They're always pretty deep. That's good. (laughs) Excellent excellent question. Um, I think sacrifice is one of those things that doesn't get a great rap in our culture. Um, You know, and... Jesus was pretty clear <laughs> in like the benefits of it and obviously what he did for us on Good Friday. Like, so I just think sacrifice and suffering, all those things, like we paint in a negative way. But for me is, you know, trying to live out my Christian faith, sacrifice has been something that I've sort of grown a bit more into. So I can't think of a specific example, but in terms of just the general um, mindset of sacrifice and suffering, like mm. whenever, you know, my wife and I are doing a new youth group or we're trying to discern a diff- um, specific course of action, we normally always sacrifice something. Like, yeah. you know, you think of like your Lenten promises. We always narrow in on a specific thing and just, all right, we're going to give this up for the next couple of weeks to see if we get some clarity around what we should do with this group or for this person or this conversation we need to have. So I just think a general mindset of sacrifice is sort oh. of a part of my um, approach to youth ministry. Like yeah. things need to be denied for my own, you know, pleasure or gratification or whatever so that I can be better suited to offer myself to the roles that I'm in. Yeah. So does that sort no, of answer your I, question? that's really interesting. I've never, I mean, I'm sure other people are out there doing that. That's fabulous though. I mean, outside of, um, you know, Lent as well, actually taking on that, like I'm going to, I see the true benefit in this outside of, you know, the quote unquote calendar time you're yeah. meant to be doing it. Um, and to order to t- like take it on in your everyday life. I'm just, I'm curious, like what kind of things are we talking about here? And is it like, we're going to sacrifice this until we I figure it out or does it work every time or just like walk me through this experience for you and, and what it does for you? Sure. Like, so maybe, we, you know, we might've been starting a new group and we're like, all right, it's two months away. So between now and the group starting, I'm not going to have hot showers. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so like, okay. you know, there was a group that, um, ex- just 90 got us into this thing where it was this full-on boot camp yeah. of, you know, things you had to say no to. But that was the one that I thought was really cool. It's so easy and terribly hard at the same time. But, yeah. like, just to say no to the hot tap, you know, yeah. when you're in the shower, just that daily sacrifice of oh, that. Man. Un- Even sometimes when you really want to. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's winter. Like, it's cold, man. Yeah. Like it's, So just saying no to the hot tap and just... Yeah, offering off that sacrifice daily. So, yeah. and then in that cold moment of showering, you're praying about the focus, like what what you're doing this sacrifice for. And I just find it, yeah, it just really arms you up. It's this strength that you get from denying yourself. You know, it just yeah. it just creates some humility and makes us sort of really focus on the prize, the goal that we're trying to reach. So that's one example. Oh, um, I love that. That's so cool. And then in that, so are you are you currently taking cold showers? Is that what's happening? No, no. Was a, was a couple of weeks ago. Through. You <laughs> made it through. Great. I'm back onto the hot. Enjoy the hot showers again. <laughs> yep. Otherwise, I was say I feel for you. Um, but so when you came out of that then, so you came out, you were finally having your hot showers again. Like when that, um, that time period ends, do you like look, 
look back and like see like was there in that experience when you go into that new group you get to like really reap the benefits and go oh see I probably wouldn't have had this if I hadn't had a cold shower which sounds so silly but like (laughs) you know do you actually do you get to see that like look at what this has you know achieved for me yeah definitely but also there's like spiritual warfare is a real thing and sometimes like you might feel struggles and you're putting stuff on and it all falls apart or goes worse but it would have been so much worse if you hadn't done that sacrifice so who really knows but you know we just have to trust don't we and we have to sort of see that what we're doing has some benefit that's the whole thing of youth ministry like what are we even doing is it even worth it but you just believe and hope that you're making some influence having some change yeah yeah um so yeah the sacrifices we make who knows but i just know for us it just helps us armor ourselves up so that as we go into something we're ready yeah because you know stuff's always gonna go wrong stuff's gonna feel like it's wrong it's gonna tear things apart but you've got to strengthen yourselves up. And the way to do that is not by just giving yourself whatever you want anytime. You've got to sacrifice and deny yourself so you can be yeah, stronger. Yeah, I, I love that. That's so good. Let's let's make it our mission to rebrand the idea of sacrifice. Sacrifice then. and suffering. Make it, 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 <laughs> make it cool again? I don't yeah. know, yeah. <laughs> I love that. And now... Kayla and Dan Ryan joining you here this evening. Dan, that's nearly our time all completely up. It's going quick. It's flown by. Thank you so much for joining us and coming in um, and learning all about you and, and faith journey and like all of that. We're saying at the beginning of the show, we we're just sort of doing some catching up mm. um, and you were never my teacher directly at Sacred Heart. But Loosely. But loose, all of my friends, literally all of my friends, like I said, uh, all musos. Um, but it's so cool to actually like have these connections and chats about like you and I in the DeBorg Music Centre were never chatting about this <laughs> no, four years ago. No. Uh, but it's so good to, to have you in and uh, hope you can come in and visit us again. And uh, and before we head out, do you want to just share a little bit about what you've been up to lately as well? Sure. Well, yeah. So I'm a married man with four beautiful boys and I guess my youth ministry these days is family. Like we've got an amazing group of families up at our church, up at Nativity, represent. And um, <laughs> and I just think our group of families, all with kids similar ages, like we're just realising how important it is to have yeah. community for our kids. So, you know, we'll do like monthly soccer and praise and worship things. We'll do like – and so my kids, you know, I've been getting them doing a lot of music stuff. So we've yeah, been sort yeah. of playing at masses It's in together. their blood. Come well, on. Yeah, yeah, I'm dragging them. <laughs> I think they love it. Like, you know, even just the Levi's, the five-year-old, he bashes out a cajon and then the older ones plant some instruments. So that's been sort of my ministry outreach at home and then trying to – because I know music, like we've been saying, was just such a vehicle and it's what kept me involved in ministry through those teenage years when I wanted to push away and – but I was on music playing guitar the next week, so I had to go. So yeah, sort of, it, yeah. it just kept me involved. Commitments, man. Well, that's it. So, yeah, that's the hope with my family at least, that if I get them involved enough, yeah. they'll be, you know, even if they're not really connected for, for those years where they're finding it hard, they can still keep offering their service musically yeah. and through youth groups or whatever. So, yeah, my boys are involved in this youth group up at thing called TJF, at, yeah. um, which is Friday night. Um, so there's lots of stuff happening in our church and we just love that our kids have options. So whatever age we're trying to provide community for them and not just mass on a Sunday, you know. So even after mass, we have soccer goals across the road. So a lot of the kids go over and play soccer after mass. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, you know, commun- coming to church is a fun thing. That um, Yeah, that's the hope anyway, that coming, connecting with their friends, not just feeling like the only one because I yeah. a lot of years was like going to mass and like there is no one my yeah. age. <laughs> <laughs> my parents um, and then like 80-year-olds. That's it. That's yeah. it. Who'd tell me to take my hat off and yell at me. Totally. Um, so I think community is what we're all about. So that's that's the hope. And oh. uh, that's my main focus for now. And just 
yeah, you know, rocking life with Kiara, my amazing wife, and just trying to just find pockets where we're needed. Yeah. You know, if it's, you know, working with teenagers, you know, working with other kids, uh, families' kids. Yeah. Just, yeah, just be open, being available. Like that's, yeah. A big I love that. And I love as well that like uh, talking, we've talked about sort of three huge major chapters in your life in terms of youth ministry and like being in youth ministry when you're young, teaching and now parenting. Mm. And it's through every single one of those, music has always been the vein that yeah. like runs through and connects that. So I love that. That can be our message for the show today. Even if you're not a muso, go out there and find whatever it is that is your vein that runs through your life that connects you to whatever it is, it brings you back. And I love use that. It. Yeah. And use it. Yeah, never let go. I love that. Thank you, Dan, so much for joining us. We are here every week with a brand new podcast version of the RHD show. You can check out all of our other podcasts, including the latest school life content on our website, archdradio.com. And you can find us on social media at RHD Radio for heaps of behind the scenes stuff. Or you can catch the show when it airs on Life FM every Wednesday nights from 9, every Saturday nights from 10. And we will see you again very, very soon. Bye.